All right, we're here with New Zealand Olympic weightlifting champion, multiple New Zealand and Oceania record holder, both as a junior and as a senior, David Dixon, medal for sportsmanship, Commonwealth Games gold medalist and record holder. Wow. It's a pleasure to have you here, David Litsi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we'll talk a bit about your uh, journey in weightlifting and all the opportunities that have come along with it uh, soon. But for now, let's let's talk about David Litsi as a, as a young guy growing up. Uh, where were you born and, and raised? And uh, talk to us a little bit about that. I was born here in Auckland, um, Minimal Hospital. I uh, was raised in Tonga. Um, grew up there for the first part of my life and came over here to um, have a better chance in, in life and stuff with more opportunities and all that kind of good stuff uh, in 2006. Um, and I've been here since and so. And you came, you came back by yourself? Your parents stayed in Tonga? No, nah, no, so we all moved over. Um, I think two of my sisters came first and then my parents came with, I think like the rest of us were just five. So you've mentioned previously that people had often said to you, you you're gonna end up just as another fat kid on the couch um, growing up, did you play many sports? Uh, nah, not as a kid. Um, in Tonga, we used to play rugby with like a plastic bottle filled with rocks. Wow. And even then, like we didn't even know how to play it properly. But when I came to New Zealand, it was kind of surprising, like the kind of things people would actually take on as a career. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed rugby and stuff like that, but I never thought I'd ever become a sports person or be ever interested in being in the gym and stuff like that. So talk about talk about rugby. You ever played rugby? Yeah, um, first time I played rugby was rugby league for my uncle's team, uh, 2007. Um, and then the first time I ever played rugby union was 2011, which was in high school. Um, I only played for like four years and that was about it. Um, made the Auckland uh, central team and wow. Trials for the 18s, but never made the cut really. So you're talking about uh, weightlifting now. How did that come about? How did you get into weightlifting? Well, it's uh, one of my boys from high school. Just he had a friend that did weightlifting, and so he went into training and he came back to school, told all of us and all the boys to come and train. Um, there was about 20 of us that showed up the first day. Wow! And um, I think it only took us like a year, uh, a week and a half to um, fully quit, so we so didn't actually did, like it. Yeah. You didn't enjoy it in the beginning? Nah, we didn't. Because we were expecting to go in and like do bench pressing and bicep curling, deadlifts and stuff like that, get massive. Or oh, the bro lifts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we ended up doing snatches with a stick and squatting and couldn't walk the next day. And we were like, what the hell is this, you know? Wow. So it would have been around that time that you, you would have met your coach, uh, Tina. Talk to us about Tina and, and how she's, like we've heard, a mother figure in your life. Um, and you live with her now? Yeah, um, so we met Tina then, but Tina was the head coach of the national team, which was a different team from the school team. Yeah. Um, we were coached by the brothers, the Gennady's uh, brothers. Um, and then if you're good enough, then you'd be taken to the other team, which was Tina's team. And Tina would then train you to either go to secondary schools or nationals. Um, and ever since then, I've just kept training, stopped training, went back to training, stopped training and stuff like that. So um, around what time did you finally decide this is it, I'm going to commit, I'm going to stop leaving and coming back, this is, this is what I want to do? It was about 2014. Uh, I took off first half of the year because of um, 
Oceania's and I couldn't play rugby at school and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and she took me to a, into it. She said, would you rather be just another number in the field or would you want to be a world-class lifter? And I think that kind of stuck with me. And I really wanted to try something because everybody does rugby and That's right, um, man. goes in with that kind of path. Um, and I wanted to do something new. So I just came back from Tonga at the end of 2014, 2015. I just fully jumped into it and committed ever since. Did you have much family support in the beginning? They were all on board? No, they, they liked that I was doing something, but because it wasn't supporting or helping out at home, it was kind of hard to um, accept. Yep. So um, at the beginning, it was, it was all right. Not like they kept telling me to, you know, either study or find a job and stuff, so, and then do weightlifting on the side. But deep down, I wanted to do weightlifting full time. Full time, eh? So if we talk about 2014, uh, Auckland Champs in March, you're 17 years old, you're snatching 114 and 146 clean and jerk. Talk to us a bit about those early competitions. Yeah, um, I don't actually remember the Auckland Champs, but in that part of the year, that's when I took off rugby. Like it was like no more rugby, it was just completely weightlifting because our cycle was on for Oceania's. Yeah. Um, that was my first Oceania's. And I remember going into Oceania's and I didn't even expect to medal and I got silver. Wow. Um, and I told the guy who won that I will come back 2015 and I will beat him. And so trained throughout that year. Um, I was excited, but I was still training at the time, probably like once or twice every week. Yeah. Or even sometimes I would just show up like once a month, you know, wow. just because I, I still didn't like the sport. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I hit that first international and I medaled, I was like, wow, this could be, that was one of the main reasons why I, I chose weightlifting instead of a different pathway. Um, and I was just thinking like, man, I think I could actually do this. So when I came back from Tonga, 2015, I was like, I'll jump straight into this and see what happens at the Pacific Games. So Pacific Games 2015 rolls around. You got that clean and jerk up to 181 kilos now. Yeah. Talk to me about the Pacific Games. It was the biggest competition I've been to to date at the time. Um, I did beat that guy that I told him I'll beat the year before. Wow. But then I still came second. There was another guy <laughs> that beat me that year. Oh man. So I told him the exact same thing. I would beat you when 2016 rolls around. And he did the exact same thing. He laughed at me like the guy before laughed at me. And how do you find that? Uh, does it add fuel to your fire? Yeah, yeah. Um, just. It makes it fun because then you actually have competition, whereas when you come back to New Zealand, there's hardly anybody. Well, it is quite a lonely sport. You've spoken about that in the past. You find it uh, lonely, you find it boring. Um, talk to me about how that, how that mental game has improved over the, over the time period. I guess in, in the years gone by, like everything, you just start to adapt and you start actually liking what you're doing. And yep. for doing it for almost like seven years now, uh, properly doing weightlifting, I think there's no way I could still do it if I didn't like it, you know? Um, and my mental game has definitely improved and I think of things differently, especially in sports and life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I think weightlifting has helped me sharpen my, my mental game a lot more than anything else. So two, 2016 rolls around, uh, you have your first crack at a 200 clean and jerking competition. It's the first time any New Zealand lifters clean 
200 or more since 2002 so it's been a, a long time yeah um, you go on to win the uh, junior commonwealth champs as a, as a junior silver and the senior so everything's uh tracking up for you do you remember much about that time period yeah 2016 was uh my year of improving that was my biggest year um beginning of the year i remember that competition because in 2015 my clean jerk was 186 in nationals and then in 2016 Auckland Champions was a few months later. I opened up on a new record and it was 191, I think. Jeez, man. And then jumped 196 and then jumped one, uh, 200. Attempted 200, missed it. And um, it's the youngest ever to attempt a 200 clean jack. Wow. Um, so what do you attribute that kind of massive increase in, in your numbers to? Over I think it was because 2015, I actually started double days. I went from the beginning of the year to having three sessions a week to halfway through the year when I had four to five sessions a week. And then at the end of the year, I started having up to 12 sessions a week. Jeez, man. Um, and so by 2016, I think my body was used to it and, and trying to improve a lot more. And So you're talking about double days um, and training six, seven days a week. How do you get your body to, to stay in one piece? You know, you're talking physio, chiropractic care. What are your recovery protocols leading into a comp? Uh, at the beginning, because I was, we didn't really know how serious this thing was. Um, the only kind of recovery I had was either swimming with family and stuff or sleeping. Because I, I sleep a lot and I like to sleep. So um, at the time it was just that. And then we got into uh, physios and, and massages. And that wasn't more until like 2017 when things started getting uh, real serious. So 2018 rolls around, you, you come into the Commonwealth Games ranked fourth. How did that make you feel? Uh, it was... Um, the disrespect. Yeah, it was... I, I'm not sure, because at the time, it felt like I maybe... I kind of deserved it to be in that place because I haven't been um, in lifting for a little bit at the time. Because most of 2017, I took six months off because I was um, in and out of sickness. So when I came back, I was like, man, I don't really know how to catch up to these guys. But um, but caught up you did. So we'll talk about the Com Games. 174 snatch and a 229 clean and jerk for a 403 total. That's a Commonwealth Games record total. Talk to us about the Com Games. It was fun, you know, like I've never been to a competition that big. Um, there's a lot of people, you know. There's, you're walking past like some of the, the fastest sprinters in the world in the Commonwealth. Um, Must be incredible. The best like shot for, uh, throwers, javelin throwers, swimmers. It wasn't until like the night before I competed where I actually felt like I belonged at that place, that I deserved to have a spot or deserved to have a shot at um, versing all these big guys. Because the guy that was ranked number one was the guy I told in 2015 that I would beat him in 2016. Wow. Yeah. I felt like one of my friends actually told me um, just to go and have fun because you have nothing to lose, you know? You're fourth. What, are you, what else are you going to become? And so I went into the, to the lifting and I just felt like I was happy, you know? I deserved to be there. And, and so after the snatches, I was only down by one kilo. I really felt like I could give it a shot. And I remember just laughing and, and being happy and, and like 
showing because there was a Samoan guy that was ranked first and I was telling him I was like man these Pakistani guys these Indian <laughs> guys they think they can come to our side of the world and yeah, rule man. our side man stuffed him and so yeah went up and did the lift didn't even know it was 229 um, until I came off the platform and the guy was like oh what did it feel like you know lifting this and that and I was like hey are you sure it wasn't 228 and he's like nah, nah, nah I know because I was watching and blah 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 but yeah it was fun did you doubt yourself at any point uh no on that day i had full confidence that i was gonna go um all out everything was on yeah and what point in that lift did you know i've got this when i grabbed onto the bar as soon as i walked onto the platform i bent over and i grabbed onto the bar and i was like i'm getting this and that's new zealand history yeah so talk to us about uh samoan lifter he hurts his knee you end up wheeling him back out of the competition talk to us about that uh I wanted to pay my respects because he was the main reason why I wanted to succeed so bad, you know. He was number one for so many years and he was the best and I wanted to beat him so many times but he was just that good. He started before me, he was training a lot more than I was um, and so when it came to that competition, it just you know, it made me feel a bit sad because he ruptured his knee and he gave it a good fight and I wanted to pay my respects by bringing him to the to the podium because not only that we were competitors, they were good friends too. Um, we've been to training camps together, we've been to a lot of competitions together and the whole time we've always been friendly instead of, you know, um, competitive and um, trying to scrap out each other and stuff like that. Wow. So obviously after the Com Games, the focus quickly shifts to trying to qualify for the Olympic Games in Tokyo. So I've seen you mention previously you've got to compete a certain amount of times over a certain amount of time period. Talk to us a little bit about how it all works. Yeah, uh, so the Commonwealth, oh, the Olympic Games qualification period is actually, I think, 18 months. Wow. And in between the 18 months, you must compete at least six times. So when that's done, you take off your best four totals and that goes up against the rankings in the world. And then if you're top eight, you make the Olympics automatically. But if you're number one in your region, um, there's five spots for that one, then you get a spot to, to go. And the other way to make the Olympics would be a wild card. So fast forward to November of 2019, 175 snatch is now an opening weight for you. Things are tracking you know, really well for you in training and on the platform. And then COVID-19 comes along and everything comes to a screeching halt. The Olympics are postponed. What's going through your head at this point? Uh, at the time, I was hopeful that it was going to go on, the Olympics. Yeah. And so when it actually got postponed, I was like, I mean, it just gives me more time to prepare. For sure. And then now that we're here, it's still like, I haven't competed that often, you know? Training for something cancelled, training for something cancelled, training for something cancelled. I know for a lot of people that would play with it mentally, but for me, like, I'm just focusing on Olympics. I'm focusing on getting better and getting stronger to, you know, give, give it a shot when I actually get there. So do you have to re-qualify? What's the deal with that? It's almost like a refresher qualification. Yeah. Um, we got 2020 November into 2021 April uh, to compete once. Um, and for us, that should have been Oceania's, which is in three weeks. Yep. And that got cancelled. So now it's like, up we don't in, actually know. Up in the year, right? Yeah. So with all this going on, where does your motivation come from? I think my motivation, a lot of it comes from um, competitiveness because it's in us. 
it's yep. in our blood. You're naturally competitive yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I, I really want to to succeed not only for myself but for my family and my team because there's so much time that's been put into me. Mm. I just want to give it back out. So we'll segue a little bit now. What does a typical day of of eating look like for for David Litty? Uh, eating not that good. Um, I'm a type of person where if I don't want to eat, I don't actually eat. Wow. Um, I don't actually hit anything over 4,000 calories a day uh, just because I'm not much of, uh, I'm not motivated to eat. Yep. It's just not my thing, unless if it's like something nice like island food and stuff like that, but obviously that's not good for me. It becomes a bit of a full-time job just getting the calories yeah, in some Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Um, and I just really don't want to stress myself doing that kind of stuff. What about so. pre-comp meal? What are you eating on the day of competition? I don't actually like to eat. Um, wow. Being a big person, I don't want to feel stuffed, you know? Bending over my stuff and can't even breathe, can't even hold on to mm. the bar properly. Um, so I try not to eat before I compete. I drink or eat just a little bit, but other than that, it's nothing special. So what do you do besides training? You work, you coach, how do you unwind? Let's talk about things like that. Uh, I like to travel. I like to drive to places and I like to swim as well. Um, so in summer, I, I do take a lot of time and traveling and suntanning, if you could say, you know, <laughs> um, and swimming a lot too. And I like to spend time with my family because I just feel like being the second youngest in my family, I'm attached to, to my siblings, you know? I can't really be away too much. And, and especially with my sport, I, I do get away too much. And I just feel like I want to be back and just be normal, you know? Because everybody sees you as this champion outside of my house. And then when I go back home, it's like I'm the second youngest, you know, I know my role. Yeah, man. So it just feels good to be normal. So you talk about traveling, you've been blessed to be in a position to travel all around the world. Talk to us about some of the opportunities that have come your way as a result of weightlifting. Like I see recently you got to spend a day with uh, Team New Zealand. How did that all come about? Um, I think with the sport that I do and the kind of stuff that I, I get to do, I'm always you know, thankful and blessed that I actually get the opportunity to do these things because one of the things I wanted to do when I was younger was to travel. And with weightlifting, we travel a lot because we don't actually have that much competition here in New Zealand. Um, and yeah, the Team New Zealand thing was with Toyota. It was fun, you know, like I've never actually been that close to one of those kind of boats and I've never actually watched them live. And just to know a little bit more of what they do and how they do it, it's, it's crazy. Like when we went to recording, they told us we couldn't be like 20 meters from the boat and recording because there would be other teams that would watch the videos and they would like see what they're doing Jeez. so like everything had to be really far away and, Top secret, eh? and stuff like that and then when we come up to the boat it was like cameras off everything like that and toyota gave you a truck too how did that come about uh it was from nzoc i think they had some partnerships with different athletes yeah um such as dame valerie adams and oh. they kind of just caught up and said that would like to put you into the Start Your Impossible campaign and um, give you a truck and just call it a partnership. Happy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've talked about you, we've talked about what inspired you in the beginning. So what continues to inspire you? Who do you follow across weightlifting, outside of sports? And who do you see as the next ones up coming through in New Zealand weightlifting? I don't actually follow weightlifting myself. Um, <laughs> It's just been a thing for me. Like, I don't actually follow my own sport. I like to follow boxing. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to get into more powerlifting and strongman and stuff. Um, but with weightlifting, I don't actually 
I don't know why it just doesn't interest me to to follow that kind of stuff. It's interesting. Um, regardless of of all of that stuff, New Zealand. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talent, but a lot of these kids don't actually realize how much they have. Yeah. They're at that stage where weightlifting is not fun, playing rugby is, and being with my friends are, and drinking and partying and all that kind of stuff is fun, um, and so they're mentally not there. But there is there is a lot of um, new um, faces coming up. It's, uh, have you heard of? Uh, I think her name is Olivia McFarlane. Yeah, the little kid. Um, there's uh, Megan Signal. Uh, there's Cam McTaggart. There's Kana. Um, so all of them are coming up uh, now, and hopefully everything goes well with them as well. So you mentioned previously you'd love to start an institute scouting kids from the island, teaching them about weightlifting and providing them with a bit of a pathway that might not otherwise exist. Talk to us about how that might look in your mind and how you're hoping it will come to pass. I guess for me that would look like a whole lot of kids who don't have the stationery to be their full potential. Yeah. Um, and me taking them to a place where they get the attention they need and the stationery they need to become world champs, uh, better, better people, and uh, give them the opportunity to fight for something instead of, you know, um, all of our Pacific Islanders here in South Auckland where they just end up drinking in the garage and with their boys hanging out and starting trouble and things like that. Have you got any advice for people that were wanting to get into the sport of weightlifting? Like what's one piece of advice you'd, or something you'd wish you'd known when you'd started? For me, it would be give it a shot. It's rewarding and it's mentally helpful. And if you weren't weightlifting, what do you think you'd be doing? If I wasn't weightlifting, uh, maybe, I'm not really sure. I've never actually thought about that thing. Um, but maybe I'll probably get into rugby again or, or boxing. So how can we keep up to date with your journey towards the Olympics? Uh, just follow me on Instagram, uh, Facebook or follow my, my gym on Instagram. Um, I'm not really you know, fussed about people following me <laughs> or that kind of stuff, but. I'm sure everyone will be wanting to keep tabs on you and follow the journey. So I just want to say thanks so much for coming down and spending some time with us and all the best with what's coming next uh, in your journey. And uh, we'll hope to speak to you again soon. Sure does, thank you.